If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Raise your hand. Everybody turn with us. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John 8, beginning in about verse 28. John 8, 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of Myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me, and the Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Do you think we're to do the same? Why don't you say that out loud as a confession? Irrespective of what happened yesterday or last year, how many think you ought to put your faith on it and Speak words of faith. Say it out loud. I do always those things that please Him. We might say it this way today. I always do those things that please Him. Say it by faith. And instead of, you know, a lot of times people just are too quick to give up. Oh, I can't. You know, everybody's going to mess up every day. And we all fall so short in so many ways. And a lot of times people just, they're, Acknowledge that and they're okay living with that. But we're capable of more. I said we're capable of more. We're capable of pleasing Him well. Every day. Now it'll take all we got. I said it'll take all we got. It'll take everything we know. But we can do it. Don't listen to the enemy. He's a liar. Verse 30. As he spoke these words. Many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. So it says it twice. They were believers now, aren't they? If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, everybody likes the being free part. I think everybody likes that, right? And this 32nd verse is oftentimes quoted by itself. You'll know the truth. Truth will make you free. A lot of people know that phrase. And yet, you could ask the question, who's going to know the truth? Who's going to be set free? Because verse 31 is very specific, isn't it? He didn't even just say that all the believers would know the truth and be free. Did he? What did he say? Verse 31 They were believers. Does being a believer automatically make you a disciple? We've learned it does not. If you continue in my word. Now the implication of that is living in it and doing it. Living in it, living by the word, doing the word. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Those who are serious about being doers of the word. Those who are not just casual believers but those who've made the commitment to be a disciple, those are the ones that are going to learn and experience the truth. And as they do, that truth is going to make them free. Thank you, Lord. So everybody ought to be interested in becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus, shouldn't they? A disciple. Now, we said before, if you look up the words... A disciple literally means a learner and a follower. If I had to pick one word, I'd just say the word follower. Because learner sometimes just implies in people's minds being a student scholastically, learning. And uh, as we referred to first service, there are a number of people who've become professional students. They're just learning, 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 and they change their major three times and then five times, and they started college when they were 18, and now they're 38, (laughs) and they're just learning, 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 spent all of mom and daddy's money and all of grandma and grandpa's money and all of uncle and aunt's money, and 
and change their major again. So he says, well, sometimes it takes a while to find out what you want to do. No, it don't take that long. Only if you're carnal and party most of the time and don't pray and didn't get direction to start with, it's not okay. How many believe that God has a plan for you before you ever left home? He knows what you should do. You should find that out ahead of time. You should focus on it, do it, get it done. And then get out and get to work. Instead of hiding in some dorm room from life. Training is not just for training's sake. Training is to prepare you to do something. You're only supposed to train so long. Then you're supposed to do it. Do it. Go with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, describes these folks. 2 Timothy 3, verse 4, he talks about people who are traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, he said, from such turn away. For of this sort, these sort of folks, are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers different lusts. Verse 7, read it out loud. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always learning, learning Learning, 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 but not coming to the knowledge of the truth that makes free. Now, we know from our text, if you experience the truth and the truth makes you free, that's somebody that comes into the knowledge, experiential knowledge of the truth. How did they get there? They're not of the sort of silly, foolish, sin-laden, ever-learning and not getting it, but they're people who are disciples. Doers. Those are the people who get it. And the reason I bring it up is because we have a number of folk in our circles now that they go to all the meetings, they're at every service, they take reams of notes, always learning, learning, learning. Got closets full of CDs and DVDs, learning, learning. Learning, learning. But they're not doers. They're not doing anything. Is that okay? Is your job in life to learn about the Lord? Is that all it is? Because millions of Christians, they think that's all there is to it. They think, well, I believe on the Lord. And yeah, I sure would like to learn more about Him. Let's go see if we can learn some more. Learn, 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 learn. Learn, 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 ever learning. Let's learn about this. Let's learn about that. Let's, for what? Just so you can have a head full of stuff? Just so you can say, whoo, I'm smart. Whoo, I know some stuff. <laughs> so? And that helps me how? <laughs> How's that helping your family? How's that helping your community? How's that helping your church? Ever learning, but not doing anything. Not coming to the knowledge of the truth. Now, go to Luke 6, please. We're talking about today the purpose of being a disciple. Go to Luke 6 and then back to John. Luke 6 and then back to John 15. Luke 6.40, Jesus said, red letters, The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Why are we in training? Our call is not just to believe on Jesus. Our call is to become 
like Jesus. Here, now, in this life. The Amplified says it like this. Everyone, when he's completely trained, readjusted, restored, set to rights, perfected, will be like his teacher. The English version says when he's completed his training, he'll be like his teacher. That's why you and I should be disciples of the Lord. That's the whole objective. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Lord. Romans 8.29 says, Whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Ephesians 4.13 in the Amplified says that we should come to nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. The New Living Translation says, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. The Complete English Version says, we will be completely like Him. Do you believe it? 1 John 3, 2. I'm establishing it in the mouth of two or three and four and five witnesses. Are you with me? Now are you the sons of God. And when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we. Where? When? In this world. Is it possible to think like him, talk like him, pray like him, believe like him, minister like him, obey the Lord, please the Father every day like him? Is it possible? It's why we're being trained. It's why we're being trained. Now, Jesus called the 12 disciples. He also called the 70. There were many more disciples than 12. There were many more than 100. I don't know how many there were. There were a lot of disciples. And in the book of Acts, the believers were called disciples. There were thousands and thousands of disciples. In fact, uh, people knew those that were committed to the Lord by that term before anybody ever knew the word Christian. Before anybody was ever called a Christian, serious uh, believers that were committed were called disciples. And uh, Jesus trained these individuals. They were with him night and day. Didn't he train them? He taught them, of course, while he was teaching the other people. They're being taught. But the Bible says when he was with them privately, he expounded personally and privately to them what he had been teaching publicly. You remember that? Friend, this is one of the great benefits of being a disciple instead of just a believer. You get more insight. Glory to God. You get more revelation, more understanding. You know, after all, there's no need for the Lord to reveal any more to people who are not doing anything with what they have. You know, they're not willing to commit any further than what they are. There's no need in Him talking to them about it. And sometimes people have said, well, you know, I wonder why the Lord don't tell me to do things. Don't tell me to do this. Well, would you do it? He knows if you would or not. And if you wouldn't do it, if you're too scared or don't have enough faith or just unwilling or it imposes too much on your life or your schedule and you wouldn't do it, it's the mercy of God that he didn't tell you to do it and then you'd be responsible for it. But that's not the best either. The best... Is be willing and ready. So he taught his disciples. He trained them both by precept and by example. He demonstrated to them how to do things. He corrected them too. Didn't he? We said if you're going to be a disciple, you got to take correction. And plenty of it. Because how much change needs to be done in you to be just like him? A whole lot. And so that's how much correction you need. It's so foolish when people are so shocked and so upset if they get corrected. You see people, they ain't been corrected in a year. They get corrected one time and they're like, oh, are you correcting me? Do you think you don't need any? We all need a lot of correction. Even some rebuke and some reproof here and there. Is rebuke fun? No. Chastisement fun? No. But the Lord chastises those he loves. 
Why? Because he don't want to leave you in that unchristlike state. Look at your neighbor, tell them out loud in case they didn't know, say, you need to change. <laughs> Look back and say, a lot. <laughs> Why? You need to become just like him. And getting from where you are to just like him is going to require a lot of change. Shouldn't be a thing thought strange that we have change to make. But Jesus taught them. Jesus trained them. Go with me to Luke 9. I know you're holding John 15, but for time's sake right now, go to Luke 9. He's teaching them. He's training them. He's demonstrating how to do things, and he's correcting them night, day, night and day, night and day. Why? Why? For what reason? Why is he training them? We know Luke 6.40 tells us why. So they can be like him. But what does that mean? To be like him means to do what he's doing. Luke 9. We read it earlier, but let's emphasize a different part of it here now. Luke 9. Jesus called his 12 disciples together. And he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he sent them. And he sent them. What did he do? He sent them to do what? What's he been doing? Preaching the kingdom of God. Healing the sick. Now what's he sending them to do? Same thing. How are they going to be able to do it? They've been in training for years now. Right? They've been in training. They've been watching him. Oh, friends. Pay attention to what's going on in your life. People that you're helping. People that you're around. People that know God, people that you're learning from, you better be paying attention because you may have to do what they're doing without them tomorrow. The kingdom of God is a big thing. Reaching the world is a big thing. It's going to take us all. I said it's going to take us all. And you can see that Jesus' operation was that he trained them. And then what did they do after he was gone? They trained others, didn't they? Who trained others? Who trained others? And in fact, their training was so effective that right after Jesus had left, you know God used Peter and John to raise up the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. Sound just like something Jesus would do. Hmm? Rise, take up your bed and walk. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> Jesus. Sound just like something Jesus would do. And the Bible said even the unbelievers, they took note of them that they had been with Jesus. They'd been with the Lord. Not only had they just been with Him, they didn't just believe on Him, they had been trained by Him. They learned how to think like Him, believe like Him. They learned how to follow the Holy Spirit like He did. They learn how to step out by faith like he did. They learn how to believe like he did. And now we're seeing the same results. Same results. Are we called to this? Now there are theologians who wrongly so. They say, well, now these twelve had special powers. And God gave that to them. But when the last apostle died, all that ceased. So what are you saying? That all of us are just believers. All of us are just pew warmers. We just believe on him. Yeah, we believe in Jesus. And we're learning. Oh, we're learners. You never saw anybody learn better than us. Woo, we learn, learn. And do what? Uh, well, we're waiting on Jesus. He's going to come and, and we're going to be, we'll know a lot of stuff when he comes. 
Uh-huh. You think that's what he had in mind? What is all the learning about? What's all these services about? What's all these series about? He's training us. He's told us, I'm growing you up quick. For what? So we can say, we all grown up. Hey. We did it in record time. Glory. So what? What does that mean? What is the training for? What did it say? He called them and he did what? He sent them. Oh, thank God. Somebody say he sent them. You know, we the word mission or missionary is not in the scripture. We use it a lot, but it's not there. It's from the word apostle, which means sent, sent one. And it also includes the idea of sent on a mission. Somebody say sent on a mission. An apostle is one who is sent forth, and you could say, on a mission. Also, a definition of apostle is delegate, commissioner of Christ, ambassador for Christ. I know the scripture uses that terminology, doesn't it? 2 Corinthians 5 talks about we're ambassadors for him. We're training To be sent on missions. Now when you say missions. So many people have very narrow. And very romantic ideas. They think well that means. Boarding a steamer to Africa. Glory to God I'm a missionary. Well if he sends you to Africa. You ought to go. But really. Serving God in Africa. Ain't that much different from serving God in Branson. Oh, yeah, cultures are different. This is different. That's different. But the main things are the same. The devil's the same. Human nature's the same. Gospel's the same. And God certainly is the same. And, you know, sometimes people have these goofy ideas. They think, well, if I just run away and go to another country, I'll be an amazing person. Well, what's going to happen between here and there? When you get there, you'll be there. And it'll be you. (laughs) And whatever you're dealing with here, if it was in you, it's going to be there because you're going to be there. And you just can't get away from you no matter how you try. Yeah, God needs people that'll go on missions to another country. But he needs millions of people that'll go on missions right here, right now. And I'm not talking about preaching a message. You don't have to be called to stand behind a pulpit to do a mission for Jesus. A mission. Something he directs you to do. He guides you to do. You know, Jesus referred to this constantly, that he was sent by the Father. He said it over and over again. In fact, he said it some 40 plus times in the four gospel accounts that he was sent Sent by the Father. Must be important, huh? In uh, John 17, 21, just listen, you don't have to turn there. He said that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 23, that the world may know that you have sent me. Verse 25, these have known that you have sent me. He said, uh, verse John 6, 38, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. John seven sixteen. my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. He sent me. He said, I haven't spoken of myself. The Father which sent me, he gave a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. He sent me. I could go on. Forty different times is super important. It was in his thinking all the time. I'm sent. Was he sent on a mission? Yes, he was. Did he do it? He knew the parameters of his mission. He knew what he was not sent to do. Didn't he? He said, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
while he was there preaching. You know, you need to know what you're not sent to do, too. Not try to do stuff you're not sent to do. And you don't need to go do stuff and act like you're sent to do it and the Lord didn't send you. How many know it would be gross misrepresentation and unfaithfulness if something associated with the church, if one of the people here went to somebody, went to some company, went to some business, went to some situation and said, Brother Keith sent me to talk to you and to do this or to make this deal or to buy this stuff and I hadn't even talked to them. What would that be? That's unfaithfulness. That's misrepresentation. You're not sent. That'd make you a liar. And yet you got a lot of folk that God is not real enough to them. They do all kind of things and they act like, you know, and try to leave the impression, yeah, the Lord sent me to do this. No, no we need to know what he sent us to do. There need to be this vague, fuzzy thing that we're figuring out and making up as we go along. We need to hear from him. Definitely. And then we need to do what he sent us to do. Not something else. Not something different. Not speaking our own words in our own name. Or our own words in his name. Which is even worse. But speaking his words in his name. You know this is another subject. But if you say in the name of Jesus. That is the same as saying thus saith the Lord. And if that sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. Meditate on it. People throw the name around too loosely, like a magical incantation. Hocus pocus, abracadabra, in the name of Jesus. No, in the name of Jesus would be like in the name of Keith. What does that mean? The example I just gave you. If somebody came and said, now Keith sent me. And I'm saying this in his name. What do you understand? They're just repeating my words. They are not there representing their self. They're representing me. They're saying and doing exactly what I would do if I was there. They're doing it for me on my behalf. As me. That's what it means in my name. So disciples are being trained To have this kind of responsibility. To be ambassadors for him. I know years ago I saw in an old, old video. A man of God that was ministering. Had amazing miracles in his life and ministry. And they brought a little girl up on the platform. And she was very sick. Skin and bone. You could tell the child was near death. Beautiful little girl. And the devil just destroyed her body. And, and uh, you could tell the people's heart, just all of them went out to this little girl when they saw her and knew she was suffering in bad shape. And the man of God stood up and he said, uh, now friends, he said, if Jesus were here, do you know what he'd do? And they brought this little girl to him. He'd rebuke this death and disease off of her and he'd heal the child. She'd live. Everybody that ever came to Jesus to be healed, left healed. He said, well, he's not here in the flesh. He's not here in person. But his spirit is here. And he sent me. And authorized me. To speak in his name and in his stead. And so in the name of Jesus. Death, get off of this girl. In the name of Jesus. What's he saying? Thus saith the Lord. I'm speaking for the master. And glory to God, the little child was healed. Glory to God. A man or woman ought not say things like that and stuff coming out off the top of their head. But, 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 is it true that you and I are being trained up? We're being taught how to be ambassadors for him, how to be his representatives. How to be mission ready, mission capable. (laughs) What's the objective of a disciple? To be like the master. What did the master do? He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He went about teaching and preaching. He went about doing the will of God. 
That's our call. He says, well, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be. Go to Acts 9, please. Let's see a perfect example of a disciple going on a mission who's, we got no reason to believe he's a preacher, a prophet, evangelist, any of those things. But Acts 9 calls him a disciple. Acts 9 and verse 10. There was a certain disciple at Damascus. Now, this is exactly how you and I can be a disciple. This is this side of the death, burial, and resurrection. This is the book of Acts. We're part of exactly the same church he is. Got the same rights and privileges, same name of Jesus, same gospel. Everything is exactly the same. You can be a disciple exactly like this man was a disciple. Certain disciple at Damascus. Like I said, no reason to think he's a preacher. No reason to think he's an evangelist or pastor or any of that. Some people might call him a layman. But we know this, he's not just a believer only. What is he? He's a disciple. A learner, a follower, one in training. What did Jesus train the twelve and the seventy for? What was he trying to get them to? Get them ready for? We saw it. There came a time in their lives when he called them in. We just read it in Luke 9 and Luke 10. I want you to put yourself in their shoes. They've been in training with Jesus night and day for, I don't know, two years longer. And they've heard him and saw him demonstrate power and faith and obedience to God for night and day all these time. And he says, all right, boys, come see me this afternoon after the meeting. We'll have a staff meeting. Did all show up? Yeah, yes, Jesus, yes. He said, you see the crowds are getting bigger and bigger. And you see there's all this need. And there are other towns that need to have the gospel preached to them. And there's all kind of sick people and people in bondage there that need to be healed and set free. So look at me and pay attention now. Behold, I give you power and authority over all devils to cast them out. And over every sickness and every disease. Now go. You go and do what you've been seeing me do. You go and preach what I've been preaching. You go and teach what I've been teaching. You go and minister to the sick. You go and set the captives free. Go. And he went back to his room. Took a nap. And Peter looked at John and said. Huh, did he say what I thought he said? Thomas said, I can't believe it. (laughs) Sorry, Thomas. (laughs) Is he saying we can do what he did? Well, what's he been training you for? What's all but this been about? Oh, friend, did you hear what I was referring to earlier? God has got us all in divinely arranged situations around people of faith and anointing we should be seeing we should be learning and friend I'm telling you you better be paying attention because this time is coming up right away when he's going to say all right now you do it huh I'm talking about every disciple everyone not just the preachers everyone Well, Luke 10, in fact, go over there and look at it. Hold your place in Acts 9. Luke 10, the 12 went out and did what he told them to do. Also, the 70 went out and did what he told them to do, what they had been trained to do. Jesus said this in verse 16, Luke 10, 16. He that hears you, hears me. He that despises you, despises me and he that despises me despises him that sent me is that true you know I've had people that have treated my messengers badly 
something was going on and I didn't have time. I was somewhere else and I sent somebody and, and they chewed on them and treated them disrespectfully. And yet they turn around and want a favor from me. How many know that's dumb? <laughs> if you mistreated the one I sent, you mistreated me. It wasn't their idea. It was my idea. I sent them. They were saying what I said to say. So you didn't just insult them. You insulted me. How much more the master? I said how much more the master? This hasn't been real enough to us. When the master sends somebody. That's why it's so important not to say you're sent. And say the Lord told you to say something. Unless he really did. Because if he really did. It's serious business. And how we treat it goes directly to him. Doesn't it? Keep reading. He said, verse 17, And the seventy returned again with joy. They said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us. How? Through your name. Why? They came in his name as his representatives, as his ambassadors. Glory to God. He said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give to you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Glory to God. Somebody say, glory to God. This is the purpose of being a disciple. So you get to the place where you are mission ready and mission capable And you get to the place where he sends you to do something. Now there are big missions that include a big project and maybe cover great distances and big groups of people. And there are little missions that include going across the room and talking to one person for five minutes. There are big missions that involve millions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars. And there are little missions that involve five dollars. But if you can't complete a little mission, there's no need in sending you on a big mission so you could make a bigger mess (laughs) or fail in a bigger way. Go to chapter 9. Let's look at this perfect example of a disciple who was mission ready, mission capable, because he had been trained, he had been prepared. Acts 9, verse 10, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, he said, I'm here, Lord. I think that I'm here, Lord, involves availability. Don't you? Readiness. Why did he give this to Ananias instead of another one of the scores of thousands of believers that were in the town? Why him? He was ready. Hmm? He was willing. Again, no need the Lord telling you something and you're not willing. He was ready. Can disciples who are not pastors, who are not preachers, they're not evangelists, they're not prophets, can they have visions? Can they hear things from God? Can they be sent on missions? It's supposed to be a common thing. Common thing. With all of us. He said, Ananias? He said, yes sir, right here, right here. He said, arise, get up. Maybe he was in the bed, I don't know. Arise, go into the street, which is called straight. Now think about this, a mission from God. You're not a preacher. What difference does that make? All you got to be to qualify for this is to be what? A disciple. How many think God's been training this man? Obviously, he knows how to hear from the Lord. Where'd he learn that? He's got a willing heart. We know he's got some faith from the way he responded. Where'd he get that? You know, all the things that I've preached to you, you do understand, I'm not smart enough to think all this up. I'm telling you. 
all the revelation that has come to us and come to this church in the past, what, seven years? No, I didn't think it up. It didn't come out of me. The Lord gave it to us. He gave it to me. He gave it to you. Why? He's getting us ready. He's teaching us. He's training us. Not just me. You. You. And you've been watching things. You've been watching people hear from God. You've been watching people discern the moving of the Spirit. You've been watching people step out by faith. You've been watching, 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 learning. You're not one of these professional students, are you? Ever learning, ever learning, ever learning, and never doing anything. No, what's been happening? He's been getting you ready. For what? For this. For this. Instead of saying Ananias, your name. John. Susan. Tell me what's the response. Here, Lord, yes. Yes. Get up. Go get dressed. Go across town. Go to work. Go this morning and see so-and-so. Go get a ticket. Fly over there. See this one. See that one. You see, you got millions of folk. They're not even open to that. They're too busy. They got their work. They got their family. God wouldn't even bring it up to them. He knows they wouldn't even hear it. They think, oh, what is that? I don't know. That's silly. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a prophet. He wasn't either. How many think this is important though? This is dealing with one of the most significant ministries that there's ever been in the church of the Lord. And the Lord didn't send a prophet. Didn't send another apostle. The twelve were around. Weren't they? Why? He's the head of the church. No need in asking that question. But I know one man I think is happy about it now. Ananias. He was ready. He was mission ready. He was mission capable. He said, get up. Go over there. To the street called Straight. Gave him the address. That's word of knowledge. Ask in the house of Judas, another word of knowledge, for one called Saul, word of knowledge. Behold, he's praying. How would he know he's praying? Word of knowledge, word of knowledge, word of knowledge. Remember the Lord spent months with us a while back on the gifts of the Spirit, didn't he? That's what this is about. And he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias, that'd be you, coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. My, my. What's all that training been for? What's all those lessons been for? For this, things just like this. Ananias said, Lord, I'm going to paraphrase it. Are you sure? (laughs) This is a bad man. He kills people like me. (laughs) He's led them in killing and imprisoning a bunch of us. He's a bad man. I've heard him. He's mean. The Lord said, go, go your way, because he's a chosen vessel to me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. I'm going to show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake, and that must be good enough for him, because he is disciple. Oh, come on, think about it. We've been talking about this for weeks now. What is a disciple? Somebody that has trained like an Olympic athlete. Somebody that endures hardness like a good soldier, letting their spirit be trained. Letting themselves follow him and learn how to hear him and learn how to believe him and learn how to step out by faith. And obviously he is ready because when the Lord tells him, even when he is number one enemy of the church, he pauses for a minute and says, He's a bad man. Lord, I says, I know he's bad. Now go. I've chosen him. He said, yes, sir. You understand from the natural, he goes over there and sees this man and wants to tell him about Jesus. From the natural, you could think you may die because he's out hunting Christians to kill them. And this would just be a freebie. (laughs) One comes to me, tries to preach to me and turns himself in. And all his friends going, 
why in the world did Ananias do that? Is he stupid? But it's why he called on him instead of somebody else. Because he'd do it. I said he'd do it. Verse 17, come on, tell me what a disciple does. He put his flesh under. He put his spinning mind aside on pause. <laughs> and he found the street called straight. He found the house. He, you know, all the stuff he wrote down when the Lord gave him that word of knowledge. And he said, boom, 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 boom. Maybe it was in the middle of the night. He had to get up. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, what do you want? Um, you have anybody named Saul here? Sure. Mr. Saul. <laughs> he said, I need to see him. Who are you? The Lord sent me. Mm, well, he's going to want to hear this. <laughs> he went in there. He walked right in the house. Come on. Walked right in the house. Put his hands on him. And he said, Brother Saul, called him brother. If the Lord says he's okay with him, he ought to be okay with you. Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to you in the way as you came, has sent me. Somebody say, he sent me. me. Say it again, he sent me. me. Say it again, he sent me. me. How could he send him? You know, you don't need to send people that are unprepared. People that don't know what to do. But he sent him because he was a disciple. He had been a learner and a follower for years. We don't know how many years. And he was mission ready. He was mission capable. He sent me. Do you know Jesus quoted from Isaiah repeatedly in teaching and preaching to people. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. And he sent me. To heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Somebody say, he sent me. He sent me. When we got our current aircraft, they were doing some work on it. And they said, we can put you a little plaque right here if you'd like. And I said, yeah, we knew immediately what to put on it. It says, he has sent me. He has sent me. That's what it's for. That's what we got it for. We show up somewhere to preach. We show up somewhere to minister. And the reason we should be there is because he sent us. We pray carefully about what invitations we take and what we do. And when you've got confidence that the Lord's sending you, then you need to go as his representative, as his ambassador, believing for him to give you utterance and then not preaching just whatever crosses your mind, saying what he gives you to say, doing what he shows you to do. Isn't that what the master did? Did he do it perfectly? He said, I don't say my own words. I only say what he gives me to say. I only do what he shows me to do. He has sent me. And what's all this discipleship and training about? He said, just like the Father has sent me, so I have sent you. Glory to God. Let's put that up on the screen. I want to make sure you get that real strong. That's in John. Keep holding your place right there. But in John 13, excuse me, John 20. And 21 for time's sake. John 20 and 21. Then said Jesus to them again. Peace be unto you. They got it on the screen. Read it out loud with me. As my father has sent me. What? Even so send I you. The very next verse says. When he said this. He breathed on them. And said receive ye the Holy Ghost. What's that for? To give us the ability to make us mission capable. The Bible said that Ananias walked right on in there. Put his hands right on this Christian killer. (laughs) Somebody say bold. Bold. How many know you got to be like a soldier? You got to be like a a highly trained athlete. No matter what your head's screaming at you. No matter what your flesh is doing. No matter what other people think. I'm a disciple. I do what I'm told. He walked right in there, put his hands on that man. He said, the Lord Jesus that you just saw that appeared. How did he know he saw it? Nobody told him. The Lord told him. You saw the Lord and the same Jesus that you saw. He talked to me tonight and he sent me over here. And I'm supposed to pray for you and you're supposed to receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. 
Glory to God. And he was. Immediately scales fell off his eyes. He could see. Don't you know he's glad about that? Man can see. He was blind just a moment ago. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And spoke with other tongues. And then I guess Ananias slipped out. And went back to home. And got in the bed. And you don't hear anything else about him. And that's just fine. But he did his mission. I said he did his mission. Now friends. This is available to every. Person. Who believes on the Lord. And commits to be a disciple. And everything that has happened. In your past of walking with the Lord. Up till now. Has been getting you ready. For something. And it's not just to warm a seat. And it's not just so you can learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. And It's good to learn, but what are you going to do with it? The whole point is for you to be able and prepared and taught and trained to be sent. Are you getting ready in your heart and in your mind for the Lord to tap you on the shoulder? Tap you in on the shoulder in the nighttime. In the daytime, wake you up, stir you up, deal with you. Go over here and take them some money. Go over here and pray for them. Go over here and talk to them about me. Are you a disciple? Glory to God. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.